Chats from the Blog Cabin. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one one podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know, the show where I virtually invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. And today I'm joined by a familiar face on the show, a familiar voice as well, Cammie Kennedy, who without Cammie, I would not have been able to push myself into starting Chats from the Blog Cabin. And Cammie's here because she wrote a book, and I'm going to pull it up right here because I have it on my Kindle. It says, Happy Now, the Happiness handbook for high achievers it's happy now you can't see the it's but cammy welcome to the show first of all let me just say i am so stinking proud of you because i know how much you went through to actually get to actually write this book so welcome to the show for those that don't know you tell tell us a little bit about yourself Thank you for having me back again it's so fun and i see your little blog cabin that i've been to so i feel like like I know it because I've actually been to it. And for those watching who haven't met me, my name's Cami. I'm an intuitive life coach for perfectionists, people pleasers, and high achievers. And just a quick story about the book. I planned on writing the book back in 2020 and I started writing it and I kind of got stuck. And then I let it go for about a year. And then I finally said, you know what? I want to get this done. I want to get it out into the world. I feel like it's important. But I also have to give props to my coach because I hired a book writing coach to help me through the process of what I call birthing my book. And it was a painful process because most of the time, right, as a recovering perfectionist, most of the time my brain was telling me, this is horrible. You don't know what to write about. You don't know anything. And I went through that for weeks and weeks and weeks. And I had to go through that process to get it to that finished process from where it is now, which is a completed book that has value. And the intention for the book is to be something that people can pick up and to start to learn some of these mindset Mm -hmm. strategies. I've been transformed by books. I've been transformed by coaching. And I wanted to put my book out there into the world so that people could pick it up and start to change their mindset a little bit around people-pleasing perfectionism and just putting off their happiness until Mm -hmm. another day. That is so true. And I will say, and I posted on Instagram yesterday um, when I was reading it, that I did not know that I was going to be quoted in the book. And I was just like, it just like hit me. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then right after that, Lucy, who was actually on the very first episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin, who was the reason why I started this whole thing, because you you challenged me to go on and talk about um, one of our core values. And my core, one of my core values was relationships. And so I was like, if I'm going to go live, I'm going to pull a friend because it's going to be easier to talk to. And so she was right there, right behind me. So I was like, wow, one, two punch right there. Yes. And it's so amazing too. I, I made that decision because I was collaborating and I was getting information. So I, I went back into all my testimonial files and I just started pulling all of these messages from past clients and it was amazing to see your story and to see it here. And then even to be here now full circle. And the reason I didn't, I didn't really check in with everybody is because I was like, you know what, that's going to slow me down. That's going to slow me down if I'm waiting for people to come back. So I like, I wanted to get it done. I wanted to get it out there. And now I feel like once it's out here, now we can do those collaborations. Now we can talk about like, Hey, here's your story, share your story. 
So I'm also curious about you. Where, like, where do you feel like you are now versus two years ago now? It was probably two years ago when we worked together. So I'm curious on where you feel in your confidence level. Like I can already tell you on uh-huh. video is like transformative and you're just like, oh, hey, we're doing video. But I think it's important to really stop and like recognize for each of us mm-hmm. how far we've come. So how are you feeling now with everything and your consistency with being on the show? Honestly, I just, if you told me two years ago, it, you know, cause we met each other in Fayetteville one day, you were speaking at a conference. If you had told me that I would be doing this for a living and that I would be coming on and talking to people all the time. And I would be networking with people that I'd never met before. I would have told you you were crazy two years ago, but now it's like, I look forward to seeing who can I invite next? Who can, who can be on the show? And it's, as you see, I talk about different topics too. I talk about topics that a lot of people don't want to talk about. And before I would have just kept my mouth shut and not said anything. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think it speaks to all the things that can happen in a year and it might look scary, but it's just one step at a time, right? Like you just had to do the first show. Like I had to just write the first page of my book and allow all the self-judgment to come up. Because self-judgment is going to come up, right? Like, how do I look mm-hmm. on video? How do I sound on video? Or like, for me, I wasn't really confident as a writer. I'm mm-hmm. confident as a speaker. And years yeah. ago, I was really great at writing in high school. I was really great at writing in college. And then, you know, I hadn't really written as much. And I hadn't studied writing for a while. So when I went to go write, I was judging my writing. I was judging the quality of my work. Mm-hmm. And what got me through that, and you could probably speak to this as well, is my mission is to help people transform their mindset and transform their lives. Mm -hmm. And to me, one of the biggest legacies you can leave is something in written format, right? I do videos all the time. I love video, but it was also a a reason for me to get my messages on paper so that people could easily take in those messages. Whereas sometimes maybe they don't watch the video, maybe they don't see the video. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do it to push myself out of my comfort zone and also to give a resource to people. And I feel like that's what you're doing with your show, too, is you know the importance of the mm-hmm. topics that you're bringing to light. And that means you're willing to be uncomfortable for the purpose of your vision and what you're creating. That is so true. And sometimes you have to be uncomfortable and step out of that comfort zone to have growth. And I think that was the biggest thing holding me back. And like you were saying, when you're writing, you weren't you were comfortable with writing, but you weren't comfortable with somebody else seeing your written word because you were so scared of being judged by that. So how did you overcome that? Mm-hmm. So one thing I did on my podcast, I basically did a podcast that says I'm not available for any critiques from anybody who hasn't written a book. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm saying this is so I just made sure that I wasn't going to be available for anybody saying this is wrong or this is mispunctuated. I know that there's going to be mistakes in the book. The reason I know is because I've worked with and I went through a, a workshop with real, real writers, like published Mm -hmm. writers from the big five. And when they go through their editing process, they go through five rounds of editing and it takes two years to publish their book. So I had to be okay with, I know I'm not doing it quote unquote the right way. I know I'm not doing it the most professional way, but I also know that even my poorly written sentence structure that is incorrect for the Mm -hmm. English language is still going to be able to change someone's life. And so I set up the boundary on, I'm not here to hear feedback on if I have any mistakes. What I am here for is 
taking away the messages that are important for people mm -hmm. to hear in whatever messed up format that may look like in the book. Yeah, but it's more of a conversation then. It's more like you're actually sitting there with the book and you're having a conversation with the reader instead of worrying about the proper English or, or you know, yeah. like for instance, I use y'all a lot. As you see, when I open up the show, I say, hey, y'all, because that's just who I am. That's just, I'm Southern. I say, hey, y'all. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being able to be real and be a real person, not feel like they're actually being lectured to, but actually having a conversation, even if you're in the book, you're still reading, you know, you feel like you're having a dialogue with the reader. Yes. And I think that's what hold perfectionists back is wanting to do things the right way. And it's like the more you know about something, mm -hmm. the less likely you are to do it because you know, like, oh my gosh, I don't have like, I don't have the right equipment. I don't have the right coach. I don't have the right video camera, right? Like we can get mm -hmm. all caught up in not having the right things. And that's with everything, right? Like I'm looking at a new podcasting microphone and I'm like, well, mine isn't that good. I should get a better one. But doing it, completing it, putting it out there, mm -hmm. being in alignment with your values, showing up for people in your imperfection mm -hmm. is what changes the world. And I notice a lot of the times when I put out videos or things that aren't even that great, I didn't even spend that much time on, like mm -hmm. people resonate with them. So it's not about making things look perfect. It's not about having the right lighting and sound. Yes, those things are good, but it's the message and the meaning behind mm -hmm. what you're wanting to try that is so true and i'm thinking when you said that i was thinking about instagram reels because you think oh you're making these reels and you're thinking oh the one that you think is going to be the most impact or is normally the one that has the least amount of views and the one that you just kind of threw up at the last minute is the one that has the most views on it yes yes and speaking of reels too we get we can get caught up in like behind the scene trying to make it look a certain way whenever if we just put it out there and trust it that mm -hmm. it was going to find the right people, the right people were going to connect with us, then we'd be able to practice faith and trust and authenticity, right? Which is, you know mm -hmm. what, I'm going to show up as I am, who I am, the way that I look, and believe mm -hmm. that there's going to be people that are attracted to that. Yeah, and that's so true to being authentic to who you are, because I think a lot of people now on social media, they only show the highlight reel, as people say, and not the true authentic reel. Like, I think, I remember a couple of times back you talked about how sometimes you were struggling like we actually had to reschedule this interview because you had lost your voice now you could have easily mm -hmm. come on and just like oh you know try to wing it through but both you and i knew that it wasn't going to be you know who you are you know it wasn't going to be yeah. teaching people what you were doing yeah and i i like to share the lessons as i learn them so with losing my voice i learned a couple of things i went to tony robbins it was really great it was in person it was huge big you know jumping up and down and one of the things he teaches is you can have peak state, level 10 energy. Mm -hmm. And when I first started like coaching, training with Tony Robbins and learning from him, I was really triggered by that statement because I'm thinking there's no way I can feel 100% energized the entire time of my life, right? Mm -hmm. What I learned is level 10 energy is level 10 of whatever you're doing. So what I mean is when I was at Tony Robbins, I was all in, I was there, I was committed and I had an option to not yell, to not scream, to not go all out. Mm -hmm. And I would have saved my voice and I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had to cancel my client calls for the next 10 days afterwards, but I was committed to being all in on that experience. Mm -hmm. Then when I lost my voice and then it kind of turned into like a cough and it, maybe I had like a sinus infection for about two weeks after I was all in on that experience, which was 
I'm going to have to deal with what it feels like to have to cancel my client calls and mm-hmm. to, you know, have to message them instead. I'm going to have to feel what it feels like to cough all day long, right? And one of my commitments is integrated wellness. So I chose for that time to only use as most natural herbal remedies as I could because I knew it was just going to take me two weeks to finish mm-hmm. out, right? I didn't want to, I didn't want to go to the doctor and put in synthetic things to my body to each their own. But in this case, I listened to my body. I didn't try to shorten it. I didn't try to fix it. I just said, well, for two weeks, I'm, I'm receiving messages. I'm journaling. I'm, I'm praying. I'm connecting to God. Like that, that's what I'm here for is to get these messages and to not use my voice, but to use my ears to listen on what this is telling me. And I love how you all the as you're talking, you're reminding me of the core values because you were standing in your values. You weren't you could have easily have pushed through and gone and like you said, get the quick remedies and things like that. But you stood in your values. Let's talk about how important it is to stand in your values. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because one of my values is showing up. So I have a value of showing up and then I have a value of integrated wellness. And the showing up side of me may have said, I have to show up no matter what. But I had that integrated wellness side to say, you know what, my wellness is important and my clients are going to understand and they're going to be there after two weeks knowing that I'm taking care of myself. And that showing up in that scenario was actually showing my clients it's okay Mm -hmm. to take care of yourself Yeah, because so many of them put everybody else first and they have trouble setting boundaries. So for me, having that full understanding of all my, all my values and how they relate to each other helped me to process that, you know, that challenging two weeks of my life and really to make the most of it and to demonstrate what I teach my clients, which is you get to create your own standards and then you get to set those boundaries based on your standards. That is so awesome. We need to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. And when we come back, I want you to read part of your book. Chats from the blog cabin. Enjoying this episode? Leave a review now. While human connections are the most important aspect of our lives, they can also be the most neglected. A couple of years ago, I attended a funeral of a close friend. She was loved and celebrated with many testimonies sharing the profound effect she had on the lives of her friends. As I listened to these professions of love, gratitude, and admiration, I felt an intense sadness that these beautiful words were never shared with her. This experience forced me to reflect on what brought meaning to my life. It was the relationships, the human connections, those things that I and many others spend our lives ignoring or taking for granted the things that we never say to each other. So I challenged myself to do better. At the age of 49, heading towards my 50th birthday, I made a list of 50 women from lifelong friends to new acquaintances. Over the course of a year, I met one-on-one with all of them. And in the process, I learned more about myself than I had at any other time in my life. The gift of giving and receiving, of being both student and teacher, of finding meaning through human connection. These are those meetings. Welcome to the 5050 Friendship Flow. Life lessons from and for my girlfriends.
And we are back chatting with Cami Kennedy. For those that don't know, Cami is one of the people responsible for pushing me into starting chats from the blog cabin. Um, I was in a challenge and she actually just challenged me to come on live. And so never realized I was going to do chats from the blog cabin, but it just started. So Cami, I'm so, once again, let me say I'm so excited you're here. Um, and before we went to the break, you were going to talk about, um, read part of your book, It's Happy Now. So re will you read part of your book for us? Perfect. Yes. And I'll show you the physical copy too, as I'm reading from it. I'm in chapter 14 and it's entitled Self-Acceptance as a Value. Be willing to look at where you are at in the moment without judging yourself, but realize that this came about because of the decisions, choices, and beliefs from the past 10 years. By creating a vision, we step into belief that we are worthy of creating a life that we love. If we don't believe we are worthy of getting the results, then we are going to procrastinate. We are going to continue to settle for less than our best. And we are going to continue to not set any boundaries in our lives and to show up in a way that is not serving us or others. As you create your values, doing so from a place of non-judgment and self-acceptance will truly serve you. When we are in acceptance and love of self, we have even more capacity to love and accept others. I love that. And you're right. You, everything starts with accepting ourselves. I mean, if we don't love ourselves, then we can't exude that love out to anybody else. So how do we start with that step of accepting ourselves and self-acceptance? Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because self-love and self-acceptance are, are different. And we see a lot of self-love posts like, let me go get my nails done. Let me go soak in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. Let me do some self-care. Mm -hmm. And they're calling it self-love. But what self-love truly, truly is at its core is self-acceptance. And self-acceptance is, I'm okay with everything about myself, including the parts that aren't good, including mm -hmm. the parts that maybe are lazy or that procrastinate or are messy or sometimes maybe we react to people in a certain way that we don't want to. Self-acceptance is truly saying, I'm okay. I'm on my way. Mm -hmm. Even as I am right now, I'm okay. And it, it comes with repetition. It comes with consistent daily, weekly practices mm -hmm. of self-forgiveness, of saying, you made some mistakes today and that's okay. You're human. And you've also achieved some things, but not putting our self-worth into our achievements, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm no worthy now because I wrote a book. Yep, that's Society true. will put things on us, but there's no difference between me now before the book and after the book. And it took me several years to learn this, that we are not our title. We are not our job. We are not our relationship. We are divine. We are an expression of God. And even with our imperfections, we are created in our divinity of perfection. Mm -hmm. So it's continuing to remember that and it's continuing to revisit that and to practice forgiveness every single time we make a mistake and to practice celebrating when we follow through on those things that we say we want to do. 
That is so true. And like, for instance, I can remember you would say to me when we were going, cause I, I coached with you for a while and you were, you would say to me like, okay, feel the feeling, but then move on from that feeling. Allow yourself to feel like if you feel like guilt or you're upset or something, allow yourself to feel it, but then don't wallow in it. Kind of just, okay, I felt this. What am I going to do about next time? And I've noticed that sometimes i I can see myself slipping back into some of those things, but then I was like, nope, quick trigger, you know, cause like, for instance, I actually brought up this the other day is um, Google, Apple, my computer in here. Um, as you know, you've, 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 you've been in here. Um, mm -hmm. It decided to go haywire and not let me in at all on my computer. And so I was on the phone, like with Apple and then, of course, they finally get me in, but then I had to go into Safari, which my password for Google was not saved in Safari. So I had to change my password to get in. And then I thought I wrote it down right, but I didn't write it down. The old me would have been upset, crying, because in back in January, February, I was locked out of Facebook for a while and I was upset and crying. But the new me was like, you know what? God wants me to do something else this weekend. And that's when I put a Christmas tree up in my bedroom. I mean, that's what I did. But the old me would have been crying and upset and just wallowed in it and said, what did I do? I did this. I did this wrong and just beat myself up about it. And that's the one thing that we have to not beat ourselves up when we make a mistake. We, yeah. I think yeah. the biggest thing, the biggest thing I learned is like the mistakes are, I think you've said it. The mistakes are just our attempts at trying. It's not failures, just our attempts at trying. I think that's Something you said something like that at the fable when I went and heard you speak. Yeah, and I, I want to make two points here. We're we're not we're not saying is emotion is bad or wrong, or that crying is wrong, or that yelling is wrong. What we're really saying is experience the emotion mm -hmm. and emotions in our body. They've done studies. Emotions are chemicals. They're neurotransmitters in our brain. They last for ninety seconds. They they flood through our system within ninety seconds. What prolongs the feelings is our thoughts and the story that we're making up about the circumstance or mm -hmm. about ourselves. And so you pinpointed, it wasn't that you were crying, right? That's not, it's not wrong. We, we don't ever want to mm -hmm. like, if we feel like crying, cry. But it was the thoughts that you changed on the back end, right? Which is, mm -hmm. I did this wrong. I made a mistake. Like, and then it might even go like, I'm dumb. I'm stupid. Why do I always do this? Mm -hmm. like, and it can go down to this spiral if we let it. Whenever it's just, oh, I'm frustrated. This is rather annoying. I thought I was going to do this today and now my plans have changed. And yep. so you walk yourself through to, you know what? I'm just going to accept that this is happening. I'm going to do something else that is fun for me that lights me up. And you've literally lit up a Christmas tree. And that <laughs> helps you to move through those emotions. Yeah. So I think that's a really, really great example of experiencing your emotions, allowing yourself to feel them recognizing the thoughts that you're thinking and then choosing new thoughts and a new focus. And it's funny because that's the very first part of the book is mm -hmm. how to change, change what you're focusing on. And in that moment, you demonstrated that beautifully. And you talk about what you focus on is what you find. That's one of the things on your book. So mm -hmm. a lot of people think, oh, all these negative things are happening to me. It's because they're focusing on, they're looking for all these negative things instead of all these. So how can we practice? I know in the book you have exercises and you talk about gratitude. So let's talk about how we can practice gratitude. Yeah. Well, I first want to say in, inputs are important in terms of 
Are you on Facebook all day? Are you listening to the news all day? Are you taking in primarily negative fear-based information? And if you are, it's going to be really hard to focus upon gratitude when you feel in your body that fear and scared and everything's in its emergency. So I first start with inputs, right? Like, what are you looking at? What are you taking in? Are you listening to positive and inspiring podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, maybe sermons or church? Or are you only taking in all of the stuff that's negative? Now, once you clear that out, right, like kind of like declutter and notice what you're taking in, then you can set aside that time to focus upon the universal truths, which are something is beating my heart. Like, even if everything else is going on around you, something that's not me, I'm not thinking about beating my heart, something loves me enough that it's going to continue to beat my heart for me mm-hmm. without me thinking about it. I can trust and believe that when I go to bed at night, I'm going to wake up. And just to truly be in the energy of that gratitude of, wow, this is a new day. Like, I get to live on this planet, even with the things that are going on. There must be a purpose for me. There must be a path. There must be some impact for me to make here today. And you can start simply with those immediately around you, your family, your friends, your loved one, your animals, and go with the simplicity of those connections that you have with living beings or Mm -hmm. the earth or going out and for a walk into nature. I find that those simple things can really refocus you and reground you on, you know what, even though some things are going mm-hmm. on, these things are still beautiful. That is so true. And there's one chapter 18 is I think is probably my favorite chapter of yours. And it's talking about declare your life. And I'm just going to read a part of it because I just absolutely love It's like in quotation marks. And it says, today I declare that everything is working for me. I am enough. No matter what I do or don't do, I'm always good enough. No matter what happened in my past, I am enough. And I truly love and accept myself. No matter what happens today, no matter what is beyond my control, I truly believe that everything is always working out for me. I choose to focus on the good. I choose to focus on what is happening to me. And it keeps going on. But I honestly say that particular passage just like stood out for me. And I was like, that's what we need to all focus on. We need to keep telling ourselves this because society tells us, you know, we're not, we're not um, pretty enough. We're not thin enough. We're not, we're too thin. We're too heavy. We're, our hair's different colors. So curly, girls that have curly hair want straight hair. Girls mm-hmm. that have straight hair want curly hair. Our eyes are different colors. Why can't we have blue eyes? Why can't we have brown eyes? We always are envious of each other instead of being happy with who we are. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you reminded me of that. I'm going to record that passage and I'm going to put it up as a meditation on Insight Timer. So I'll let you know when that's available because that was my plan for that passage is not just reading it once, but revisiting it every single morning, every Mm -hmm. single evening and reminding yourself of that. I think that's where people go wrong is they think that there's something wrong with them when they have mm-hmm. those thoughts. And it's it's the human mind. It's the human brain. We are always, our brain is always going to offer up thoughts and we get to choose whether we want to attach to and align with those thoughts. And we have to reprogram new thoughts into our brain because exactly what you said, society, advertising, 
all of these TV shows, mm -hmm. all of the news, all of the media has a certain message that they want to convey. And unfortunately, that message usually conveys not being enough or not having enough so that you will buy XYZ. And mm -hmm. then you will be enough once you have the new iPhone, right? So just notice if that's coming up for you. And especially notice if you're making decisions based from scarcity. This is really interesting. I want to talk about coaching for a moment because we're in a consumer-based lifestyle. We are in a lifestyle where nobody thinks twice about spending. I, I got the newest iPhone. Nobody thinks twice about spending whatever, $1,300 on the newest whatever or the tangible things or getting that new vehicle. But what mm -hmm. I always remind people, especially when they're thinking about coaching is the best investment you can ever make that will give you the best ROI in your life is working on your mindset your emotions, mm -hmm. working on those skills that help you to be more effective in processing emotions, that help you to be more effective in relationships. Instead of taking our money and putting it into all these things, thinking that we're somehow going to yeah. earn our self-worth through the external, the clothes, the shoes, the car, the relationship, the type of computer you have, all of that. So I just want to say that for a moment of Investing in your mindset is the best thing you can do, hands down, because it's you can't throw it away. It doesn't need recycling. It's not going to disappear. It's something that you have with you for the rest of your life. Now, let's talk about that, because a lot of people who are just listening to this episode don't know about what you've gone through. They think, oh, well, she's a mindset coach. She's never had to deal with this, but you had to deal with it. So give everybody your background on that. Yeah. So let's just start 10 years ago. It's easier that way. Um, about 10 years ago, I was working all the jobs that I didn't love to work. I was following somebody else's success blueprint. I went to school, I got a degree in molecular cell biology, thought I was going to be a veterinarian because I thought that's the only way you could work with animals. Found out I didn't want to do that. Then I got into the fitness industry. I really liked, I was an athlete. I got into the fitness industry, but at that time, I wanted to get my body to look, look a certain way because I thought having that perfect body meant that I was somehow worthy. Then I was caught up in this relationship, which I talk about in the book. I was in a codependent relationship where I, I truly valued everything that he said over my own thoughts, mm -hmm. beliefs, and opinions. And that's that codependency, right? Then I even went into a codependency with how much money I was making or not making or where I was or where I wasn't. And it wasn't until 2017 when I had, that was like my breakdown year where I was, I remember just feeling so raw, feeling so exposed, vulnerable. Like I knew my life had to change and I had been fitness coaching for a while and health coaching for a while, but I knew I needed some more help. And so I hired my first relationship coach where I was really willing to look at these relationship mm -hmm. dynamics that I had. That's when I first defined my values. And then I left that relationship in early 2018 and 2018 was my breakthrough year. That was the year that I went to Bali and I, I decided I was going to invest $5,000, fly the entire way across the world to change my life. And I worked with three male mindset coaches. They helped me to go even deeper into my values, even deeper into relationships. And the funny thing is, is I went there because I wanted to change my business and for those of you who are business owners, we always think we need the next best strategy. I need a marketing strategy. How do I do Instagram? Like, how do I make Instagram reels? 
But at the end of the day, the results that you get are based on the way that your brain thinks about things. So if you think you're going to fail and you put an Instagram reel out there, it will fail. That will be the result because you're thinking it. And when you think it, you act as if that's true. So if you act as if nobody's going to come to your next event, nobody will come to your next event because it's the energy that you're putting out into the world. Mm -hmm. So I transform my business by transforming myself, by transforming my personal relationship with myself, which then led me to my now amazing supportive husband. And my life is, again, it's kind of like you said, I couldn't have imagined that I would be where I am now mm -hmm. 10 years ago. I couldn't have even fathomed it. But I had enough awareness to say, I don't like where I am and I know there's something better. And I just mm -hmm. kept taking the steps and having faith and saying yes to each and every one of those opportunities that got me to where I am today. I mean, even even when we first met, you were just starting out on your coaching, weren't you, for the mindset coaching? And I so I I had been mindset coaching under the umbrella of health coaching for ten mm -hmm. years since 2012. But for me, fully stepping into only life coaching and not dealing with the health stuff that started early 2020. Mm -hmm. And that was me really changing all my branding, changing all my messaging and really saying, this is what I'm doing. And it was an identity shift, right? Of I'm helping you mm -hmm. with health and fitness versus I'm helping you with your entire life. So when I went all in on in 2020, things blew up. I became a government contractor. I now speak for the special forces spouses and I train on resiliency and so all of that has happened within the past two years based on things I've put on the vision board, things I've intended. Mm -hmm. But in truly, belief comes before anything. And I had to work, just like all of us, I had to work on my belief. My belief in my ability to be a life coach and to coach on everything versus mm -hmm. just coaching on that one thing, which I was very experienced at for, for seven years prior, right? So you mentioned vision board and I know people that's a big thing for people at the very beginning of the year. They want to do a vision board to what their their life is going to be like. So what should people put on vision boards? So I have a blog post on this. I might be able to link it for you, but there's multiple ways to do vision boards. The most important thing is that it makes you feel good. I see so many people doing a vision board and they're putting things on there that are kind of triggering. Like I remember when I was first making vision boards, I put on there, make $5,000, like do all the things. And every time I would look at my vision board, it would put me into scarcity. And I would be thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to make $5,000? I don't know how to do this. And it would put me into a spiral. So what I teach is if you already had $5,000 and that's your goal, let's just use that as your goal. What would you do with that? How would you feel? What would change in your life? Mm -hmm. And so now when I'm teaching vision boards, I, one of my things that I'll share with you of my manifestation is I want to get miniature horses and I really want miniature horses. So I've started to look up how much does it cost to raise miniature horses? What kind of food do they need? Like I looked up all the expenses and now on my vision board, I put miniature horses because I feel so good and so connected when I look yeah. at it, my brain will help me to figure out how I'm going to create the money to support my miniature horses instead of putting make $5,000, right? Yeah. So, so that's what I advise is what, how do you want to feel? What do you want your life to look like? 
And then things will come into alignment based on feeling good about the vision that you're creating. That is so true. And and the way you said miniature horses is it's my cow for me, you know, because you yeah. even gave me a little cow. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about how you took your vision board and you manifested and you manifested your husband from your vision board. I did. So I have a five-step process, which I'll link to the blog, but it's essentially you need to be in what's the subconscious mind. The conscious mind is what we're operating in right now, right? We're talking, we're using language, we're thinking, and we're operating from the conscious mind, the one who is controlling the words that come out of our mouths. But the subconscious mind is the inner you. It is the underlying parts of you, right? And there's there's a subconscious that is connected to your higher self who knows you're meant for something more. So there's like a motivational part of your subconscious. And then there's also that wounded part of your subconscious, the one that's remembering all the things that people said about you when you were a kid, right? But the importance of making a vision board from your subconscious is our subconscious knows the path that we're on. Our subconscious knows, this is kind of like your intuition, it knows what is best for us. So sometimes when we're creating a vision board, we are creating it based out of programming to the conscious mind of other people's definitions of success. Mm -hmm. So we think we need to get married, or we think we need to have three kids and a white picket fence, or we think we need to make a million dollars in our business. But what's true is we just, again, back to the feeling, we we need to envision what it would be like to have the feeling that we want to have and realize that the million dollars doesn't create that feeling. Mm-hmm. So for example, for me using this relationship one, when I first made my vision board with my husband on it, and I, I don't have the photo, but it's literally him. I'll describe it to you. Um, I made it early in 2018. This was right when I was deciding to leave that other relationship. And the other relationship was very, um, there was not a lot of emotional connection. There wasn't mm-hmm. a lot of, of like hugging. There wasn't a lot of affection. And so what I would journal on, I would journal on it every day. And I would also put it on my vision board was just having this beautiful connection with my partner, right? Whoever that was going to be. And my conscious mind had an idea that he looked like the rock. Uh, And that's not the reality, but right. But that's how Mm -hmm. my conscious mind wanted to get in the way. It wanted to be like, this is how he's going to look like specifically, But my subconscious knew, no, there's something else that is better for you that doesn't look the way you think it's going to look. So this is when we allow faith to come into the equation, right? Mm -hmm. But on my vision board, I had pictures of like me and my partner running together on the beach, like a picture of like a man and a woman hugging because that's not something I had in that relationship. And then just like some romance, some playfulness. And then in the bottom, I had a picture of a man with dark skin. Like I knew I wanted to have somebody who is, who is worldly, right? Who is mm-hmm. not just from my small town. So I knew I wanted somebody who's well-traveled or maybe spoke a different language. And so he had dark skin and he's laying in the bed with a yellow dog by his side and he's reading a book. And so what happened after that is I took a line to action, right? I, I went mm-hmm. to Bali, I worked with, with some coaches, I got clear on what I wanted and then I went online dating. And I was on a an app. Um, it was the Bumble app. And for those of you who don't know, that's the app where the woman reaches out to the man. So I was intentional with me reaching out to people and making connections. And I asked them, what's your favorite book? And what are your values? 
And so that was my way of like weeding uh-huh. through all of the people out there. And I obviously found my husband through doing that. So it was the combination of journaling, feeling the feeling, mm-hmm. putting him on the vision board and being intentional about kind of some of those characteristics that I wanted, taking aligned action and detaching from when and how he was mm-hmm. going to show up and what exactly he was going to look like, right? I love you said detaching from the when and how, because a lot of people are like, when are they going to show up instead of, you know, because they always say there's a, an old proverb or old saying that love happens when it shows up when you're not, you're near least expecting it. Mm-hmm. It just kind of yeah. happens. So when you least expect it, that's when it's going to hit you in the face. Mm-hmm. So I love the way you said that, not worrying about the timing, but just going ahead and having like a little vision of what things are, because I think that's important when people do vision boards and they look at it at the end of the year and say, well, I didn't accomplish this and I didn't accomplish that. That just means that you've worked toward it. You may not have accomplished it, but you're still working toward that goal and it can carry on over because it doesn't mean that it ends at the end of that year. Yes. I think that's really important. Um, I, and I advise usually making three vision boards a year because we change so much, right? Mm-hmm. We w- In three months, we're already a different person. So making multiple vision boards to just refresh that vision and just see if there's any tweaks, any changes, but you're always going to have that consistency of your 10-year vision. So mm-hmm. for example, horses are on my vision board every year. Some little baby goat or a little animal is on my vision board all the time mm-hmm. because that's never going to change, right? Like I love animals. I want to have animals. I want to donate to animals. So when you're making your vision board, make sure that it's not time dependent. Mm-hmm. Put it on there. I call it a quantum leap vision board, which is if I could have everything in the world and I could create anything right now, put a unicorn on there, like put it on there and see how it makes you feel because it's also very useful. Here's one thing. It's very useful to notice the thoughts that your brain offers in relation to your vision. And what Mm -hmm. I mean by this is, so I had, I'll give an example. I had an SUV on my vision board for years. And I was journaling about it and I was imagining myself in it. And then my brain was like looking at the cost of an SUV, looking at my bank account, looking at my business goals, looking at my, like looking at all the money and basically saying, you can't do this. Right. Mm -hmm. My brain was like, you can't do it. So I had to say, you know what, this is what I want. Universe, bring it to me. Right. Like just, I'm going to surrender it. However that looks, but I also took some aligned action and I started to go drive some SUVs. As I was driving the SUV, I got like the top of the line model, like $40,000, had the panoramic sunroof Mm -hmm. and I'm driving in it. And what was coming up for me was all of these thoughts. And this is what people resist. And this is really extremely useful. My thoughts were, I shouldn't be doing this. I have debt. I can't. There's a certain way to do this. I should be investing in this versus that. I don't deserve a good car because my car isn't clean. Like Mm -hmm. he went through all of these things on all the reasons why I didn't deserve the SUV. All of this is useful because now you know these are the thoughts that are stopping me from having Mm -hmm. what I want. And so I got to work through those thoughts of like, wow, my brain is telling me I'm not allowed to buy anything. Like basically I can't buy anything because I have this other thing that I bought years ago. Right. And so working through all of that got me to a point of like, you know what? I can have a business investment and an SUV like Mm -hmm. that's possible. And so Mm -hmm. I worked through all of those things and I'm in a semi new SUV right now. 
it did not come in the form that I thought it would because I actually got in a car accident. Then I got my mom's SUV, which was great, but then her transmission went out. So now I'm on my SUV, the one I wanted. <laughs> so I also want to say each one of those moments was an opportunity for me to flip out, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I got in a car accident. My car's totaled. And I was like, well, great. What's the upside of this? The upside is I got more for my vehicle than I would have if I just sold it. Great. Then I got my mom's car, had it for 30 days. The transmission went out. The cost of the transmission was the cost of the vehicle. So here's what I did that day. I had to make a decision. And this is what people, this is how you learn to make quick decisions and to trust yourself. It was Monday morning. I took it into the transmission place. They said, you're not going to want to fix it because it costs more than the vehicle. And I made a decision at 9 a.m. on a Monday, I'm getting a new vehicle today. I called two places. I went online. I found two vehicles. I called. I went on my way up to Raleigh and I was like, I'm getting a new vehicle today, whatever happens. And it just Mm -hmm. so happens that the vehicle that I wanted in my exact color was available that day. And I made it happen that Monday and I traded that car in. So to me, Mm -hmm. that experience, it didn't happen quickly. It didn't happen the way I thought it would. But look what it did. It developed all these skills in me mm-hmm. and it developed the capacity for me to trust myself the entire way. And know you know what? No matter what happens, I'm always going to have my own back. There's always going to be a way. I'm always going to look at what I can control versus what I can't control. That is so true. And the way you said it was so funny, like when it happens, like it aligns for it to happen. Just like, for instance, we just recently bought a truck for my husband and it was like, He's always wanted a truck, but he's always put somebody, everybody else first. And, you know, the girls needed cars. I needed a new car. So he was been driving my old car, which basically was about ready to go. And I was like, you know, you need the trucks. We kept looking and kept looking and kept looking. And finally, he's just like, well, let's just go look. And so one Saturday morning, we got up. There was one in the lot. He wasn't like, he's like, oh, let's wait in his mind because his, he grew up in a very poor part of Mexico so his mind was that scarcity like not having enough and I'm like you deserve this truck I said we can afford it even though he doesn't think we can but we can because he's you know he's bringing home a good paycheck I'm like you can if we can afford it buy that truck buy it for yourself treat yourself and that truck is actually sitting out in our driveway now but still for we had to talk him into buying the truck because of that scarcity mindset yeah And I think it's so important when we're making a decision from that place, which is like, I believe that I can do this and I know I can, you become the person that can, right? And because you're associated with it, like you have dual incomes, right? Because you're associated with it and because you also feel passionately about Mm -hmm. his ability to have the truck, it gives you something to be like, you know what? Maybe some more sponsors, maybe some more advertisers. It gives you another way Mm -hmm. to make sure that that's always going to be taken care of. Yeah. So it's interesting because when you hear money people talking about, like if you're just looking at numbers, sometimes you may look at numbers and be like, I can't do this. There's no way. And sometimes you become the person who can make it happen. It depends yeah. on where you're at, right? It depends on how long you've been on the journey. But I can tell the way you made your decision was coming from a place of abundance, worthiness, and certainty, mm-hmm. we're going to yep. be okay. Yep. And I'm going to make sure of it, right? Like, and I know yep. we're going to be fine. Yep, for sure. Now, our time is almost up, Cami. Do you have one last little nugget that you want to share with people? Hmm. 
I would say this. You, I would invite you every single day to be putting some type of positive mindset programming into your brain. Because 90% of your day is controlled by other people, meaning Mm -hmm. you're at the office, you're watching the media, you're in the news. And the best way to do that would be to bookend, right? In the morning and in the evenings, Mm -hmm. making sure that as you're drifting off to sleep, you're listening to something positive and encouraging. First thing when you wake up in the morning, you're putting in the good stuff into your brain. And that good stuff could be that once you do that um, insight timer, uh, for your chapter 18, that would be an amazing thing to go to bed to at night and to wake up at two in the morning. And I absolutely let, like I said, that was my favorite part of the whole book. Besides being the surprise that my name was in there. And I was like, what? <laughs> yes. We even gave a shout out, a shout out to chats from the vlog cabin. I love that. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you're in the book. How cool yep. is that? Yep. So cool. Um, So tell people where they can find you at and then we'll talk about where they can find the book. Sure. So I do want to let people know I'm also on Insight Timer as a teacher and I go live every single week. So if they're looking for some inspiration, they can join me live over on Insight Timer, insighttimer.com forward slash Cammie Kennedy. If they would like to get my free download to get on my email list and to get a free perfectionism journal and a meditation, head over to my website, camikennedy.com forward slash perfect. And they can find me these days over on Instagram. So if they want to come follow on Instagram, I am at Cami Kennedy on Instagram. And like you, I pretty much like you have kind of quit Facebook as well because Facebook has kind of decided who that what who they want people to see and who they don't want people to see. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. And I was spinning my wheels over there. So I said, you know what? Dissimplicity. Simplicity is one of my values. So I hopped on over to Instagram and Insight Timer. Yep. And then your book is called It's Happy Now, the Happiness Handbook for High Achievers. And I'm so stinking proud of you for writing the book, for actually saying you're going to write it and following through on it. I mean, it seemed like it happened real quick because you're like, oh, I'm writing a book. And then like, boom, it was done. But even though you said it started out like in 2018, mm-hmm. is that what you said? It started out. It started out in 2020 at the, at the end of 2020. And I had all the ideas in my head. I just needed to put them in a format of a book. So mm-hmm. in eight weeks, I was able to do it because I hired a coach and that coach met with me every week, made sure I was hitting my deadlines, talked me through all of the drama that I was going through and finally, and all the technical things. So her name is, her name is Elisa Devine. And I do want to give her a plug and a shout out too, because without her, I wouldn't have been able to do it. I just would have given up at some point. It's amazing when you have someone else that you're accountable for that kind of pushes you forward because honestly, I think working with you, that made me accountable to get out of my own mind to say, okay, I need to do this because I have to X, Y, and Z meet with Cami next week. And I need to tell her what I've done. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a big push. And even if it's, even if you don't hire someone, but you find someone to be accountable for that, you say, okay, this is someone that I need to work with. Yes. I absolutely believe that accountability. And also, the celebration of even when you didn't do all the things like celebrating Mm -hmm. just the little things and then accepting yourself on when maybe you didn't do the thing, right? Like it's all part of the process. That is so true. So Cami, I want to thank you so much for coming on and for sharing. And like I said, I'm still so stinking proud of you for writing this book. I'm like, I know her. (laughs) 
And like I said, like I wrote on Instagram yesterday, I had bawling when I turned to that page and saw, and I was like, what? what? And Because in the Kindle, when I was reading it, my name wasn't on the same page. So I'm like, oh, who wrote this? And then when I flipped the page, I was like, oh, that's me. That's Yes, that's so interesting. And we'll we'll have to see if we can do a collab too, like maybe a blog post or something that we can collaborate on. Um, in the new year, I'm going to go on a podcast uh, book launch. So once oh, January comes, cool. I'm really going to be out there. So if you want to collaborate on that or you know anybody uh, that would want to help me collaborate on that, I would love to do that. And then we could do something formal. Like we could put your little blurb somewhere and then link mm-hmm. to the book. So yeah. we'd love yeah. to do that. That would be awesome. And so, like I said, Cammie, I'm so thankful that you agreed to come on. Um, Guys, I will put in the show notes everywhere where you can find Cammie as well as where you can find her book. Um, If you want to work with her, I highly recommend her as a mindset intuitive coach because she is amazing. Um, She she pretty much holds you to the fire for your mindset and makes you makes you think about some of the things that you have in your brain and you're like, oh, wait a second, that's not right. And mm. really pushes you out of your comfort zone. Because I I always say I give credit to you because I would not be here today if I hadn't started working with you. I love that. That's so great. And I think you're amazing, everything that you've done. And to stay consistent with a show like this, this is also, right, that takes mindset every single week because it's different when you start it versus when you have to show up for it every week so i also want to commend you for the consistency because that takes a certain level of commitment as well yeah so once again guys be blessed and keep chatting and we'll see you on the next episode of chats from the blog cabin bye chats from the blog cabin hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode